0: Helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award winning psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, How to Stop Enabling Your Adult Children. Yes, this is becoming a more and more important topic as. Children, adult children of today are more enabled than any other generation. So maybe we should start today's show with a definition of what I mean by parental enabling. Parental enabling can be defined as actions or inactions of parents that directly or indirectly help to perpetuate dysfunctional or unwanted behaviors in the lives of their children. So, here are a few examples. Paying an adult child's rent while that adult child uses their money to party and to buy drugs. Another example would be paying off debt of an adult child while that child does nothing to curb their reckless spending. Another example could be buying groceries for an an adult child while that adult child uses their money to, to do reckless things and to buy drugs and to engage in all kind of sinful living. So those are just a few examples of enabling behavior, but the list is endless. There are many different forms that enabling behaviors take. I want to say that right off the the top here that enabling can have very serious consequences. Enabling an adult child helps them to become stuck, helps them to not achieve their potential or I should say prevent them from achieving their potential. Uh, enabling can also lead to drug overdose can lead to fatal car crash and uh, the 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 list of negative consequences go on and on. So an example of how enabling, could result in fatal car crash. Like you enable that adult child by buying groceries. There are no steps taken to challenge the child to stop using drugs. The child uh, drinks or does drugs and then uh, get behind the wheel of a car and it ends in a fatal collision where the child either kills him or herself or kills someone else. There is an example of parental enabling in the Bible. It's in the book of First Samuel, and if you read First Samuel chapter two and ch- chapter two to, ver- to chapter four, you will see the example of the enabling of Eli's son Hophni and Phineas by Eli. So Eli, the man of God, the prophet, the, the, the one who has very high status spiritually uh, in that community, was guilty of enabling his two adult sons. Now, in those chapters of 1 Samuel, what we find is that his son, Hophni and Phinehas, were engaged in sexual Having sexual relationships with the sanctuary woman, the woman who served in the sanctuary, and they were having sexual intercourse with these women in the in the sanctuary of God, and they were also guilty. Of swindling off portions of the sacrifices, the meat that the animals that were sacrificed to God, they were swindling off the best portions of those sacrifices for themselves. And so Eli knew about this, but Eli did nothing to stop the behavior. So, Eli confronted them, talked with them about what, hap- hap- what was happening, but he took no step. He turned a blind eye to, to what was happening after that, and we see that God brought judgment on these two sons because of their sinful actions. And uh, part of the curse that was pronounced on Haphne and Phineas is that they both died in battle on the same day as God had prophesied. So, as the man of God had prophesied, in, in the book of Samuel. So we see here a very severe consequence in this example. And I've used current day examples of how enabling can have serious consequences. But now let us talk about what can be done to help to prevent enabling, help to stop enabling. And I've come up here with, I say, five steps that I think are Important if you are going to stop parental enabling, so maybe you're a parent and you're caught in this trap of enabling your adult child or children because you love them so much and you just can't stand to see them hurt you can't see them to go without uh Without food, they need groceries, and so you supply those groceries, even though you know that they're using their money to buy drugs. And it is done out of a heart of love. And I think a lot of times parents are caught in this bind where they just don't know how to stop the enabling behavior. So here are some steps that I will be giving as to how you can stop enabling adult children. The first step is to assess the cost of your enabling behavior. So we see that Eli spoke to his sons about their actions, but he did not take any further step. So the first and very vital step is to assess the cost of your enabling behavior. In other words, the consequences If you continue to act in the way you are doing, what's the cost to you financially, emotionally, spiritually? What's the cost to you of continuing the enabling behavior? And what's the cost to the son that you're enabling or the child that you're enabling? Because if you continue this enabling behavior, behavior the chances are that that child will be stuck in a dysfunctional in a dysfunctional pattern and will not thrive will not launch in life will not become successful because they are dependent on your your enabling and so we find an interesting example of how not to enable in the story of the prodigal son. We read that story and sometimes we, we fail to see the other nuances or the other ways that it could be interpreted. And here is one other way this story could be looked on because I think it's a perfect example to draw on when we talk about a father that did not enable. So we have the story of this son who asked for what was rightfully his, his share of the inheritance uh he grant you that he asked for it before the 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 scheduled time but it was his it was going to be his anyway so the father obliged by giving him what was rightfully his his half of the inheritance and so we are told in that story that he took the this money And he went off to a faraway country and he wasted it in what what the Bible, uh, the the term the Bible use in some translation is riotous living. In other words, he was doing a lot of partying and drugs and uh, having wine and women and just living this wild life. And so his brother even alluded to the fact that he was wasting his money on prostitutes when he when he came back home. But let me get to the point I'm trying to make here about how this is a story that that is a story of how a father did not enable. So that father When that son was living that life, that father was not seeking him out, was not helping to pay additional sums to him. He was, if it was today's, uh, in today's time, the father would probably be, a father who enabled would be sending money transfers and e-transfers to that son so that he can survive in the land where he is, even though he has wasted his inheritance. But we are not told that the father did any such thing. The father had means that he could have tracked down his sons, but he allowed him to hit rock bottom. He allowed him to discover what life is outside the home on his own without enabling. And we are told in that passage that, in the gospel, that this prodigal son came to his senses when no man gave him anything. So, in other words, if he had someone who was continuing to give and to supply his needs, he would not have come to his senses. So, this prodigal son hit rock bottom, and it was when he came to this pinnacle of his suffering that when, he, when he hit rock bottom, that he said to himself, this life isn't worth it. What I am doing makes no sense. I am going to arise. I am going to go to my father. I am going to apologize. And I'm going to ask him if he can take me back, not as a son, but just as a hired servant. So this father did not enable. He allowed his son to. To hit rock bottom because I think this father count the cost. This father knew that if he was to give him more and more money, then he would never come to his senses and repent and so count the cost if you are enabling an adult child what will be the end result how will this child live uh, when you are deceased when you're gone and uh, and you're no longer around to enable their behavior so assess the cost the second point is to have a convers a cordial conversation about the cost to both so after you have assessed the cost and you said, well, this has to stop, this just cannot continue. It's now time to have this cordial conversation. So talk about how you how this current status quo is not working for both parties. And talk about the the, the end result if this way of doing things continues. The mistake that most parents make is that they don't have these kinds of cordial conversation. They wait until they are frustrated and they're angry because they have to pay another rent check and they're angry and they scream things in anger, but then they cool down and they go right back into the dysfunctional patterns of enabling. So don't do this when you're angry. Do this when you are calm, when things are cordial, when there there is no conflict, uh, no immediate conflict. And have this conversation where you talk about what's not working in this current arrangement for you and for this person. So maybe for you it's not working because you're you're spending all of that money that you could have been saving up for your retirement and it's just not a sustainable life to live. Or maybe it's not working for the child because uh, enabling this adult child, as I said before, is going to prevent that child from meeting their full potential. So have that co- conversation in a cordial way. And the third point is to... Ask questions that create agreement. And this can be done during the conversation that you're having with with your adult child. So let me explain what I mean about questions that create agreement. The temptation when we become frustrated or when a parent becomes frustrated because they realize that they are giving and spending and spending and the child is just partying and they're frustrated is that they, they get angry and they go to the child and they say, you know, this is what I'm going to do, you know, I'm not going to be doing this anymore. And they, they create this animosity that results in, in, the, in a pushback from the child, and it creates conflict and turmoil. But I am suggesting a different approach. I am suggesting that you use questions to create agreement. So an example of how you do that is to ask the adult child of yours, how do you envision your life five years from now? So let us say that this adult child say, well, five years from now, I see myself married. I see myself with children. I see myself owning my own home or running a business. Then you said, OK, so thank you for sharing that. Now, how the next question is, how do you think your current uh, plans are going to get you to to achieve those goals are going to get you there to that point, that goal that you're planning to achieve. And uh, this is where you can have a discussion if they don't see it right away that they're not going to get there to say the the way you are currently living or the way their current arrangements are, you are never going to get to that goals or achieve those goals that you have in life. So this is how you create a buy-in, where the child buys in, where the child, the adult child, agrees with you that the current pathway is not going to get them to their their uh, spoken goal the goal that they themselves have articulated. And so you are not telling them that this is what they need to do in five years. They're telling you and you're merely saying that this current arrangement isn't working or maybe they will even say that, you know, with the way things are going right now, that that doesn't seem feasible unless something changes. And you can ask what needs to change. Another question. So what do you need to change to get to those goals? And I think it is these kinds of conversations that create a buy-in on the part of the adult child. Because now it's their words. And you are merely saying, these are the steps that I need to take to help you get there. And this is where we come to the, the fourth point. Michael will be right back. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic, How to Stop Enabling Your Adult Children. You can find out more about us at ElimCounselingMinistry.com, where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. So the fourth point is about creating boundaries. So after you have this agreement, you ask questions that, Uh, create agreement, you now need to explain the changes that you're going to put in, the boundaries that you're going to put in place to help to create that change. So you see what I'm doing here is that the boundaries now are not something that you are imposing on the child, and it's coming from a place of anger and wrath, and I am going to kick you out in you know, in two years if you don't have a down payment for your home. It's not coming from that place. It's not coming from a place of agreement. It's coming from a place where now you have a buy-in from the child, where the child is saying, these are the steps that I need to take. If I am passionate, about uh, a career in singing, I'm going to be. I am going to be uh, producing music and try to get my my name out there. But I can't just sit and do nothing because that will never get me to my goal. Or if it is to become an accountant, I have to go back to school and do some accounting courses. And so now you are saying these are my boundaries that I have. I am putting in place to help you get to where you want to go. So my my uh, thoughts around boundaries is that when you're putting boundaries in place, boundaries should not be drastic or immediate and i think this is the mistakes that the mistake that a lot of parents make is that they get angry and they're frustrated and they come up with these boundaries that are onerous and burdensome for the child and creates a lot of stress and helps us and helps to to create animosity between between uh, themselves and the, the adult child or children. So boundaries should not be drastic or immediate. So an example of what I mean by that is if you are paying, or if you have been paying, the rent of an adult child, it may be too drastic to tell them ten days before the the rent is due that you are no longer going to be paying it because they are old enough and they should be paying the rent themselves. I think that is too drastic because you have you have established this precedence, you have established this dependence, so you can't just pull out of it and leave this child without resources. So So a better way of doing that is to come up with a a plan. So a plan could be you have this discussion around, uh, Okay, I will continue to make this payment until a certain time to allow you to get a job. So so if if i think a, 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 you could say a 3 months period is a reasonable time in that situation and it's not drastic and it and, and it's not it, it it's not immediate you know so you're giving the child time so you're saying you know son i love you or daughter my 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 daughter i love you and you know i just can't continue along this path because it's not helping me it's not helping you so i'm going to give you uh, uh three months from now for you to get to, you know get up with, with some kind of a plan where you get a job and you're making your own money to to afford that rent or you might say i will continue to pay the rent but I want you to meet this condition of using your money to pay off the debt that you're in. Another possibility that you could say is I'll pay that rent, but you have to be saving up your money towards a down payment on a home because you told me that your goal is to own your own home. And we need to come up with this plan how we are going to get there. And you make these boundaries in a in a loving way, in a reasonable way, avoid being drastic, but then you try to stick to it to help the child to get to where they want to be. And I think uh, sometimes... Uh, parents have no boundaries, they're paying for rent, they're they're supporting adult children who are using their money for partying and drugs and they're living reckless lives and they continue to buy them groceries to pay for their cell phone and they're doing absolutely nothing with their lives. And I think this is where enabling uh, it, Enabling is taken place, and and boundaries proper boundaries need to put in place. So, so those are the four steps so far. So the four steps we have talked about so far: one is to assess the cost; two is to have uh, a cordial conversation about the cost to both parties; three is to ask questions that create agreement; four is to explain the boundaries that you are putting. In place and uh, the fifth point is to challenge irrational fears because sometimes parents do not put boundaries in place and they continue enabling because they have irrational fears of what will happen if they don't do these things for the child so if I don't pay though if I don't make those rent payments he's going to end up on the street this is an irrational fear because uh, Canada has a lot of social systems and social support that children, adult children can get to 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 avoid ending up on the street. There is subsidized housing and you know, all kinds of programs, there is social assistance, all kinds of programs that that adults can get. Uh, to help them not become homeless and end up on the street. So this fear that if I don't do that, they're going to be kicked out and they're, go e- they're going to end up on the street could be an irrational fear. So ask yourself, the fear that is holding me back from from ending enabling, is it a rational fear? Another fear could be, if I do that, then this child will never talk to me again this could also be an irrational fear I think in most cases in my practice as a psychotherapist what I see happening that in some cases the child will be upset because they have become dependent on the enabling and now you' are putting boundaries in place they are not used to these boundaries and you know they might be upset for a while and they might not talk to you for a while but I think in in the vast majority of cases there will still be a relationship maybe the relationship will not be there for for a time, but the relationship will continue. And if there's not a relationship because you decide to put these reasonable boundaries in place, you might ask yourself, what type of relationship do I have with my child if they're going to stop talking to me just because I'm trying to do something that's right. Another another common fear is that if I do this, my adult child might commit suicide. He's fragile. He has emotional issues. And if I start putting these boundaries in place, he might kill Himself or she might kill herself. I don't know every situation, so I can say for in your case that this is not a possibility. But let me say that the opposite could also be uh, a possibility as well. And what I mean the opposite is that if you continue enabling, that could also lead to suicide because if the child is being enabled. And they they become hopeless in life because they see all of their their peers uh, moving up in life, getting married, buying their homes, and you're just enabling them, and they're stuck in this rut. That could lead them to hopelessness and despair. As well. So, what I'm trying to say here, I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on parents. What I'm trying to say here is that you cannot isolate a child's suicide attempts or emotional state just to one action of ending enabling. It's usually a lot more complex than that. There are mental health issues, there are other stressors, and uh, in most of the time, it's not going to be because of you if this in fact happening. But there are real dangers to enabling. In our latest YouTube video, The Five Dangers of Enabling, we highlighted five specific dangers of enabling. So I suggest that you watch that video because it might be the motivation that you need to change. So before I close today, I also want to talk about God's view on enabling. In 1 Samuel 2.29, we see that God blamed Eli for the sins of his sons, for not doing anything to stop the sins of his sons. And he said to to Eli, why do you honor your sons more than you honor me. So we are to be careful that by enabling our children, we are not in fact putting them before God and honoring them more than we do God. So there you have it, the show for today. If you missed the first part of it, you can listen to it by going to our YouTube channel and you can find that by typing e- Elim Counseling Services in YouTube. Or you can go to our website, Elim Counseling for more information about this ministry. Elim is spelled E L I M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. We also want to encourage you to make a donation to this ministry. Donation helps us to continue to provide podcasts like these and to provide subsidized counseling to those who need it but can't afford it. Donations can be made through our website or through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash elimcounseling. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.